Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have a real honor and privilege of introducing our guest, Eric Ma, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Deeper Network. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jamil. It's a pleasure to be here. Finally, nice to meet you. Uh, first to kick off, what is your background and is it a logical background to what you are doing now? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, no, it's not logical. Uh, <laughs> I started, um, well, I grew up in the in the U.S., grew up in New York, and uh, my major in school was landscape architecture. I went to the University of Wisconsin. So, so I basically was a landscape architect for 10 years in the U.S. before I relocated. I'm currently based out of Taiwan now, <clears throat> uh, mostly because of uh, family and uh, my wife, Taiwanese. So. And um, so, so my background in landscape architecture has nothing to do with blockchain, but I think what it did was it gave me um, a lot of experience in terms of dealing with project management um, and the coordination aspect, which kind of goes, it does flow through into other fields as well. So um, that, that was a, a huge help, I think. Um, you know, worked for very professional firms, architect and, and engineering firms. Uh, after moving to Taiwan, again, I had to switch gears. Uh, I couldn't, this was back in 2009 when I moved to Taiwan. And at that time, as you know, blockchain just started out with Satoshi's white paper. So at that time, it was still too early. And I, had, I hadn't even heard of Bitcoin at the time yet. So um, when I moved to Taiwan, I couldn't really do landscape architecture because of the market here. The market here wasn't mature enough for that. So I switched gears again. And I decided to get into HR. I was in the education field of the HR aspect for about 10 years. And again, um, that has nothing really to do with blockchain. However, it did teach me very um, important tools and uh, skills I needed in terms of management again, and how to deal with people and how to um, set up standards and talk to uh, people in terms of. Um, uh, on, on a management level and how to deal with people and manage them and make things um, make things smooth on a team. So I think that was, for me, even more valuable than my experience at, uh, as an escape architect. So during that time, though, um, it was probably around six or seven years into HR, um, I started to invest in Bitcoin. And that was, you know, very kind of, uh, I, I've read the white paper for, for Satoshi um, for Bitcoin. I was very intrigued. Uh, it was all kind of happened around a poker table. We were all talking about it for for a good six months, I think, until we all decided to, to dive in and say, hey, let's buy our first Bitcoin. At the time, these were astronomical. But, um, you know, I think buying a Bitcoin was... Uh, it was like 20% fees to get in. So 
right away you were down 20%, but I still did it. And um, just from my experience, I think when you become vested, you really start, you, you have money in the game, you really start to try to understand it, right? It's one thing to be like following it and not have any money vested. You're not you're kind of just doing half research, reading this article here and there. But when you're really invested, you dive in deep. And uh, that's what we did. Well, that's what I did. A lot of my friends uh, just kind of brushed it over and didn't do much with it. Spent all their time on altcoins and stuff, you know, got burned throughout that that whole bear market. I had a pretty fair, um, well-balanced portfolio, luckily. And um, I had the opportunity, you know, I attended a lot of local meetups and I uh, built a, a good network. And um, I started to meet a lot of people locally. Um, just around Taiwan, um, you know, for drinks. There's local meetups on on different things. Uh, Cardano was here, you know, and um, just go listen to what they have to say. Just anything that comes up, I was very interested in. So this hobby of mine became an opportunity on my uh, 40th birthday. Actually, I, I I told myself I said, Hey, look, Eric, you're you're about to turn 40, and for a man. Uh, between the ages of 40 and 50 is the prime of a man's career. And uh, you don't want to be stuck in HR. I pretty much hit a ceiling there in this company. And I was pretty much like number two. And, um, you know, you got to do something with your life. Like you, And blockchain is so exciting. You missed the first uh, dot-com bubble. This is your opportunity to do something. And I told myself when I blew out the candles when I when I turned forty uh, that I was going to do something, and believe it or not, two weeks later, uh, the opportunity came knocking, and I had an opportunity to interview with CoinMarketCap, and I got that through my connections, and um, I interviewed at CoinMarketCap. The process took a little bit longer than I wished, but it was uh, worth it at the end. Uh, about three months later, I became a core member at CoinMarketCap. I was uh, employee number 17, and at that time, CoinMarketCap uh, was still privately owned. It wasn't owned by um, Binance, wasn't acquired yet. A fantastic team traveled all over the world for conferences, and I was the global community manager. So I was in charge of setting up their community, which was interesting because um, they already had a community. It was just very disorganized. Um, so I had to basically, you know, with a lot of projects, you, you start with no community, right? Then you start building a community from scratch. But with CoinMarketCap, it was kind of the opposite. They had a community. It wasn't very organized. So what I had to do was, was look at it differently. And then I basically uh, organized it into a, a, a very, you know, um, kind of a resourceful, and, and I hate to say centralized, but I mean, using these these resources like Telegram and Twitter and all that stuff became more centralized. But um, I had experience doing that because I was managing also um, some of my own forums and uh, groups in Taiwan. Uh, it was more of a, a, a education teachers group. And so all these kind of things tied in. I was a public speaker. I was a national champ in Taiwan. For public speaking. So all these kind of experiences led me to this opportunity at CoinMarketCap. So after CoinMarketCap, I was there for uh, just over a year. 
before the acquisition happened. And I think during that time, um, I decided to leave CoinMarketCap. I had other opportunities come up. And, um, you know, the acquisition, I think, changed a lot of chemistry. Um, most of the core team did leave and uh, took on other opportunities. As you know, one year in crypto is like 10 years. It feels that way anyways. And so um, a lot of opportunities came and I dove in. So from a data aggregator, uh, such as CoinMarketCap, I moved over to a small exchange, trying to understand what the exchange world was like, saw that. And now I am at Deeper Network, which is a project level. So um, I've kind of seen all three tiers and uh, it's been really interesting. And I'm really passionate about joining Deeper Network because of the product and what they can do for, for the world um, with the decentralized network and the Web 3.0 gateway. So um, here I am. Great, awesome. I was looking at your background and as you said what you did at coin market cap look back at you know you you have an impressive background in landscape architecture it's a little different than landscape and i looked up where you went to school and i said well they got a solid program there you know so i was wondering how you brought together your skills and and that makes perfect sense to me um you know because That's one of the weird. things i've learned over yeah no one of the things i learned over many over these last four years in crypto <laughs> i've been in a four years right so it is an attorney i feel like i've been in a 40. um you know, never underestimate somebody's view of the world. And if you can pull these resources together, which is what you did, and we're going to get into deeper network, um, you know, and what you're doing there, then, you know, that makes that to me, that's going to make for a successful project. So could you please tell us, you know, give us an overview of the deeper network? Sure. Um, I'll try to keep it, you know, not so long, um, keep it to the, to the main points. But uh, Deeper Network, we've been around since 2018, 2018 and uh, we were founded in Silicon Valley. Our headquarters are actually based in uh, Santa Clara in California. And our CEO, um, is his name is Russell, and he is an uh, engineer. So he used to work for um, Intel, Palo Alto Networks. He was the head engineer, uh, head of research there. Uh, he built, um, he headed up a lot of their their uh, networking and security there as well. And um, he started Deeper Network in 2018. And he shortly, he brought on our CTO, Chow. And Chow, um, he used to work for uh, Amazon. He headed up, he was one of the key architects of their uh, AI program uh, at Amazon. and. Um, he later joined Harmony uh, as he dove full head deep into a blockchain. And it was when he was at Harmony that he met uh, Russell and then they conjoined forces and created um, the first product for Deeper Network, which is the Deeper Connect unit. So we have hardware and right now we're already up to six generations of hardware. The Pico is coming out soon. Uh, we'll talk about the product a little bit later, but that I, I wanted to bring that up first because I think in a lot of blockchain um, projects, there isn't much uh, in terms of hardware or any products. A lot of it is just a roadmap, you know, vaporware. Uh, I, I think it's becoming less and less true now, but still 
to see somebody so established like Deep Road Network with uh, six generations of hardware and having breaking records on Indiegogo and selling over 10,000 units already. Uh, it's a little bit rare. I think it's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, so we met, uh, and then also our CMO, um, Cheryl, she uh, did a lot of uh, ICO projects and, and um, she was, you know, helped bring on Tron and Quantum were two of the big projects that she had uh, with her consulting firm. So she has some good uh, blockchain experience. She came on as a CMO and I joined uh, not, not too long ago, probably uh, two or three months ago as a VP of marketing, but I've been very involved with this project, keeping track of it. Um, and now I think it's the right time to join. So here I am. So deeper network, has a device which basically um, gives you decentralized private networks. So with the decentralized private networks, most people know what VPNs are. Mm -hmm. uh, they use it to, you know, to, to bypass uh, geocensorship and, and the great firewall. But as you know, um, that VPNs are centralized. So they go through a particular server, depending on the company you sign up with and everything is uh, tracked there actually. Um, it's recorded, it's logged and then it gets spat back out and rerouted to other areas. With the decentralized VPN, you bypass the centralization. Now you become a decentralized network. And as a unit, you are both a client as well as a server. So none of your data actually gets out uh, because all that stuff is retained on your server. And so um, there's no monthly fees. You buy the box, you become a node. So I think that's one of the huge pluses um, of our of our product. The second thing is that, uh, that that's already developed and that's already working. We have over 10,000 nodes around the world currently in the works. Um, number two is we have a security aspect. It's enterprise grade security and uh, security itself is a seven layer firewall and uh, it's plug and play. So once you have it all plugged in, then basically, um, you have IoT devices, any devices that's plugged into the, the network is protected. And this blocks from uh, people trying to hack, trying to uh, steal your privacy uh, info, um, you know, tracker, uh, software, malware, all that stuff um, will not be able to, to gain access to your info. So that's two things that we have solutions to that are big issues right now in the market, which is uh, censorship and privacy. So our project's really kind of three phases. And now with the launch of our mainnet coming up soon, um, the biggest part is the Web 3.0. A lot of people, they hear Web 3.0, but they don't, they're not really sure what it is. Um, you know, Web 2.0, well, Web 1.0, let's real quick, Web 1.0 is when the internet was first developed, right? We, we logged mm -hmm. on to modem and all that. That was the internet boom, the beginning of it. And then now we're actually living in a world of Web 2.0, which is just a basic um, connection of webs through hyperlinks. And that's kind of what um, the internet is today. Now, it's still very centralized. It's all done through servers. And, and uh, you want to, you know, you have a huge conglomerates like, like um, Google and, and e-commerce like Amazon. Everything is centralized. Web 3.0 is the decentralized internet. It's the future of the internet where uh, censorship, um, privacy is, is really key. 
And you can see how our product moves straight into that. And as the gateway into Web 3.0, uh, we are going to be offering uh, totally new ecosystems for the users of the internet. So we'll have, um, we'll give the users the ability to use DeFi services, you know, you, where you can earn passive income through DeFi services, through yielding, lending, borrowing, all that will be available uh, through DeFi. We also create ecosystems for dApps, decentralized applications where builders can earn uh, DPR tokens by selling their dApps um, onto the ecosystem, our own deeper network, and uh, users can buy dApps to use different DeFi and other decentralized services uh, in our ecosystems as well. We'll have uh, different e-commerce, uh, kind of decentralized e-commerce um, ecosystems created, as well as um, decentralized e-services. E you know, different uh, like we signed recently signed a, uh, a partnership with uh, Bridge Mutual, which sells insurance on the decentralized front, on the DeFi front. Uh, in addition, a lot of new things that are coming up. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Jamil. You've heard of NFTs. Uh, mm -hmm. We're working with the partners to try to create an NFT ecosystems to create um, an early ecosystem for these kind of things as well. So we're really on the forefront with a lot of these um, new technologies that are coming up and trying to establish them and giving them a place, uh, a market where they can actually use it. And it's not just a closed ecosystem here because we are built on Polkadot uh, using the bridges and their interoperability features, um, it's really easy for us to basically connect to other ecosystems around the world. Uh, we could connect to Ethereum ecosystems, which is, you know, I have to honestly say it is the biggest right now. So it wouldn't be smart to, uh, not to connect to Ethereum. But then there's Cardano coming up. There's a lot of other platforms that we'll be able to connect. So uh, that's Web 3.0, and we will be the gateway for that. And we're closer than most people uh, into into being there. So um, that is what Deeper Network is. Great, thank you. I yeah. uh, want to talk to at a, at a broader level uh, regarding that Web 3.0, and and say you know I've recently been reading reading some research reports, and one from Freedom House. They published their annual report called Freedom on the Net 2020, the pandemic's digital shadow. Now, one of the arguments in that report is that rising cyber sovereignty threatens to further splinter the Internet with China and also Iran, but China having the greatest firewall in the world. What role does deeper network play in cyber sovereignty? And how could your project dissolve the firewall or sovereignty barriers that connect the global decentralized market? Right. Well, <clears throat> um, from my experience with the Great Firewall, um, you know, I traveled extensively throughout um, the world when I was with, especially when I was uh, with CoinMarketCap, that was before COVID. And um, I did travel to, to China a few times. And um, the Great Firewall was an issue. And at that time, I didn't have a deeper connect, even though it was already developed. And I was just starting to get to know the program, uh, the, the, the company. And um, the first time I went there, I, I, I bought a VPN. And one of my colleagues said, hey, buy this particular VPN. It'll work there. When I got there, because of the Hong Kong protests, uh, they, 
the government of China had actually amped up uh, what they were blocking. So my VPN that I purchased didn't work at all. So I was unable to to access my all my uh, Google and all my stuff that I was um, working on at, at CoinMarketCap for you know about a week, and it was a huge issue. And um, with and while I was there, I, they actually sent me uh, Deeper Network sent me a, a Deeper Connect unit. And I plugged it in. I didn't even have to do anything. And right away, I was able to, to access all that. And basically, what they do is they tunnel through the firewall. And um, I was able to, to gain access to all my work stuff. So right away, I was like, I was, I was like blown away about how easy that was. Uh, I didn't have to do any setup or anything like that. So uh, it is a little bit of a, su a sensitive subject in the sense that um, the Great Firewall, if we were to advertise it so blatantly and so in the in the face of China, uh, it, it would actually hurt our projects. So um, because of, of what you're talking about, the sovereignty aspect of it, um, this is a product that can really break down the whole entire firewall of, of China. However, uh, we will. We still have to be careful how we market it in China. So the market's a little bit different there. Um, we do have some great partnerships uh, with China. Um, I, I can't mention not not with the government of China. I'm sorry. Some telecommunication uh, companies there. Some big ones there, and as well as um, some others who are very interested in our our product. But uh, it, it's kind of on the DL because of the government. And we market it differently there in the sense that we really don't um, market the 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 fire. I'm sorry, the DPN aspect of it. We really market the security aspect. It's the enterprise security uh, that is also uh, highly sought by many uh, people as well. You know, with the more and more uh, remote work and working from home, people's security at home is not near robust enough. Uh, as compared to some uh, networks at the company. So by having a deeper connect um, device, they're able to bring enterprise grade security into their home and protect all their you know, information as well as uh, crypto and uh, from hacks and all that kind of stuff. So that is a highly sought feature that uh, we are more focused on um, and also the, the sharing economy um, in China. So. That's how we kind of approach it there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know much about Iran, to be honest. Um, we have we have people who who are during the public sale, Iranian, trying to take part, but I think because of the uh, the sanctions and the restrictions, uh, it's very difficult for them to take part into that unless they have some um, smart KYC kind of uh, access or something like that. But um, yeah, so that's basically the market with China. We're, we're approaching it a little bit differently there, yeah, than the rest of the so, world. So one of the challenges, and, and I wanted to ask you specifically because you're qualified for this one. Okay. One of the challenges that report denotes and lies ahead is how do we collectively build a global civil society, you know, um, especially with the countries headed towards Internet sovereignty. Now, what is you being an architect, you know, uh, what is your architectural vision, you know, on the design? of how we could create that decentralized civil society and achieve it. Right. 
That's a, that's a great question. You know, the visionary in our company is uh, absolutely Russell. Um, he is a different character. You know, I see him as, as, um, as like, you know, the Steve Jobs. And, yeah, people talk about Steve Jobs. You know, all these visionaries, Elon Musk, Jack Ma. We just haven't heard of Russell Leo yet, but he's seriously on that level. When you speak with him, uh, you get inspired kind of like that. And he's one of the big reasons why I joined and uh, he shared with me a lot of the visions uh, of the company. And um, the, one of the biggest is to have a fairer internet. Um, and, and that's where the Web3 comes in. So the civility of the internet is all based, it's gonna be based on trust. And um, it's actually, when I say trust, it should be trustless. Okay, because of the decentralized nature of it, it takes the trust out of the internet, and uh, which is a good thing if if you were to think about it, because then you don't have to trust anyone. Everyone can be trusted, and even the way that you know I mentioned earlier how we mine, it's, a, it's based on credit. Uh, it's not based on you know how much money you have. All these sort of things uh, will be carried through into the new internet, and so by having a decentralized internet. Transactions can happen without having to trust a third party. Uh, all these things need to happen so that we can use the internet uh, without the worry of, oh, are we going to get scammed? All this stuff is going to be going on the blockchain. It can be tracked. It can be, um, you can be verified before you make any of these kind of things, uh, transactions happen. So uh, I, I think Web 3.0, the reason why everybody is moving that way is because they want to take the trust out of the internet and uh, make it a safer, uh, a fairer internet for everybody. So that is the the, the main vision, simply said, uh, by Russell, um, is to create this kind of a uh, kind of ecosystem for everyone. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, my final question for you today is: How can people contact you to find out more information? Information. Yeah, um, we have uh, we have a couple of websites. Uh, we are rebuilding our more. We have two websites basically. We have our blockchain based, which is has most of the info. Uh, it's a little bit technical. Um, it's more faced. It's kind of uh, geared towards like uh, blockchain people. Uh, so if you want more blockchain info, it's uh, www.deeper.network, and uh, that website will include a lot of info in it. Some of it might be a little bit too technical, but uh, you can scroll through. There's plenty of info there. You can join our our website again. It's www.deeper.network. And Great. there you can find our communities. Um, you can join our Telegram communities, which is uh, growing really quickly. Our Twitter for official announcements. We have a Medium. Um, there's, there's a lot of info out there right now with us. Our IDO is taking place. So I don't know when this show is going to go out, but you can certainly go ahead and take part in the IDOs and get in on deeper tokens because um, that's going to be that's really hot right now. We'll have public sales, and then after that, we're looking for uh, listings on uh, Uniswap and then also on centralized exchanges. Great, thank you very much uh, for your time, and appreciate it. And uh, thank you for thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Me too, Jamil. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, wow, perfect.